back here with Scott Reckless. Scott, thank you for taking the time again to spend some time with us and really delve into this white paper. Thanks, Charles. And, and to unlock some of the secrets that are here and really some of the wisdom by just hearing the way you approach it. When we get into the world of contain and capitalize, we begin with this really great analogy to Kodak. Can you talk us through how you saw it? What is the analogy and how that applies to your strategy? So you know, we always talk about recalibrating for the new reality, right? And I think in, in this case, you know, the, we're, we're going through an existential change coming out of COVID. And, you know, when you've seen through history, you know, companies that were really successful and were following patterns, but the world changed around them and they didn't stop to notice that the world changed around them. They kept going. Eventually, parts of their business or they go out of business. And Kodak is a great example, right? Because they're this leading, obviously, manufacturer of cameras, but they were leaning in the film when the rest of the world was moving to digital. Right. And they didn't make that move, right? And so when we began to think about office buildings, we said, okay, well, some of our buildings are going to be really successful or can be really successful physically in terms of location, in terms of the experience and much more. And we'll talk about that in the post-COVID world, but some are going to be challenged. And if we don't acknowledge that and then approach those buildings, which will be challenged, the equivalent of film, which is they'll be obsolete in the new normal, then we run the risk of just slowly atrophying away till there's no value. But if we're proactive and, and or acknowledge it, that's going to change our strategy, right? We're not going to invest good money after bad without a strategy that positions those film buildings to be competitive, whether that's changing the use from office to mixed use or multifamily or some other alternative along the way. And so we went through a process of going through our entire portfolio and trying to identify which buildings we believed were digital, which means they would be competitive in that new normal, and which ones are film, which means they wouldn't be competitive. Mm -hmm. And then how we would approach each one of them, and you know, I think we were—it was a hard process because, as you can imagine, the team, yeah. all of us, they, they, we treat our buildings like they're our children. Right, so people right. had to like, which which what child? Mean? Right? And then you're wrong, right? right. right. So it's, it's hard. And, and actually, the first ones that we did, everyone thinks sort of came out in the middle. So, so we said that's not going to really work, right? right? So we ended up creating a series of metrics that were more objective, where we then could you know look at each of the different components and put a weighting on them. So, you know, how close are you to public transportation? What's the quality of the infrastructure of the building? What's the amenity package in the building? What's the neighborhood that the building's in in terms of the energy around the building? What other tenants are in that building or that neighborhood in that area? And so we went through and did that, that ranking, which enabled us to do this. And now as we're approaching refinancing these buildings, investing in these buildings, we're approaching each one through that that lens, that Kodak lens from digital to film. What an incredible concept that I want to maybe expand with you a little bit here. The idea that I have to be proactive to see the parts of my business that is not going to make it into the new world, that has to be changed. Everything is valuable to me. It's mine, right? I did it. I bought it. It's my decision. And the, the, the natural inclination of a, of a mind is to invest in the things that you've already invested in. And then to look at it and say, wait, I don't even know if I'm, I'm being biased on my own decision-making. I need to go and create objective metrics. As I'm hearing you say it, it feels to me that that is applicable to every person wherever you sit in this company. There are things you do every day that are a film. You've always done them. You did them when you were younger. And my grandmother did it. My, my, my dad told me how to do it. I've been doing it since I was eight. Like, 
there's so many parts of our of our life, how we learn, how we work, that are really film. Right. Well, I mean, a great example, right? Look what how we handled our accounting and reporting. Yeah. And, you know, we were doing it the same way for so long. And so much of it was done manually versus through automation. Yet the world was moving towards automation, right? So one of the reasons that we did the lift out with CBRE for our accounting and reporting teams was to give them the tools, the digital tools to be successful. Right. And there was also an acknowledgement for us that we're not capable at RxR to be able to bring in and maintain the level of technology and train our team members in a way that they can use them to optimize their capabilities. And so that was, again, an acknowledgement, even just operationally, that we had a, you know, a, a film approach that we need to bring to digital for the benefit of our, our company's success and for you know, the benefit of the team members that were doing that because they went from now doing manual more I'll call it some what soul crushing work right. to now, you know, having you know the power and tools to really think digital to do more expansive uh, right. types of things. And I, you know, and to your point, I mean, I credit the the team, you know, Mike O'Leary and, and and the team that you know thought about this lift out and did the work on it because that's the type of out of the box thinking you need yeah. to think about in a world that is, you know, different between where it was, so extremely different. Right. And, you know, I think people make the mistake in thinking that all innovation is macro and that the person who should be thinking about digital and film is Scott Reckler and his executives and not appreciating that really much of the innovation that takes place in a business is micro and teams and how I do something. And like you're saying, how I approach my day-to-day job, there's parts of it that's really film. And the idea that to take the time to overcome, and in a previous episode, you said this, and, and I, I thought it was powerful then, and I'm, you're reminding me of it, which is running towards things that make you anxious, running towards problems. And in many ways, that's the responsibility of everybody to look at your job and say, this is part of my job that's film, and it's going to go away. And I'm, all I do is that. I'm going to wake up one morning, and it's going to be gone. Right. But I'm in a position now, because I'm in this unique place in time, to look at that find a way to identify the digital assets of my job. And then when you do that, and I think this is where the company is moving towards, when you identify the digital of your job, just like you identify the digital in your portfolio, like you said, you can double down because you know that's worth the time and the investment. Right. And I think it's, you know, it's looking through a lens of innovation, right? Looking through that lens as to what the future is going to be, looking through the lens of being creative and being willing to take chances. The other thing that was important with that whole process that, that we went through on the digital and film piece was communicating internally and externally, this is how we see the world. Yeah. Because, yeah. and we, when we did it, we were early in communicating that. And it was people were just acknowledging that this was, was this change. Yeah. But by having that communication, it informed the decisions we were making it informed how we were communicating and expectations for our stakeholders yeah. going forward, right? And so I think it's not just even the recognition of it, it's then the communication of it and then being able to then live day by day following you know, that strategy and, and that foundation that you set. Yeah, it reminds me of one of our values, striving for excellence. You know, when you have to, when you can, when things are good, they're good. And you can keep all the film around because you can justify them with digital. But if the standard that you hold for oneself is excellence, you really, there's really no room for the film. You really have to always be shedding the things, the film, if you will, of the portfolio. Right. And again, it, it doesn't always mean shed, right? Because I think the thing oh, with film okay. is you just got to acknowledge it's not competitive in its current form. 
then the question is that's a good distinction you know you, you still can then look at it and say well there's another form right you know like you know there's right. you know, polaroid reinvented itself and became a, a hot product for people who just wanted to use instant film as something to get get out there right so you can come up right. with ways so like we're reimagining buildings like 61 broadway as mixed-use buildings and you know where you now have multi-tenant rental on the top multi-family rental on the top and office on the bottom and amenities in the middle yeah. and so there's certain of those things that, and now our whole company's trying to think about which of those buildings that can be reimagined to be more competitive that otherwise would be just film there's a much better distinction right i think that's that takes this whole example to the next level to not to really think about new ways to look at these at these products, right? And I think that's the, and I think that's, that's the, you know. Then I'll, I'll just say with this, the last piece, of it, which is that through all this, though, you know, is there's a a resetting of of values that have to happen here, right? And a recapitalization, and that's what we're going to be going through in you know this next you know few years here, right? As interest rates have gone up and values have come down, and part of what we want to do at RxR is again embrace that reality. And rather than just kick the can down the road and realize that, you know, the, the values that we once thought exist in these buildings don't exist today, we want to use our capital to reduce the basis, reduce the debt, and position our buildings to be more competitive on the other side that already reflect where those values are going to be, not just blindly walk into that. And I think that enables us to not only with our existing portfolio, but as, as a new investor to be buying buildings in New York, while a lot of people are afraid of touching New York office buildings, we have clarity of which buildings we want to buy, right. what price per foot we want to own them at, what's the right type of return, why do we think it's going to be competitive, and we're buying buildings today, making investments in buildings today that you know will be lower than where we were in 2009 when we bought buildings when we first came back into the market, and you know, and when the markets come back we're going to be in very good shape, right? And that's and that's something that we want to try to be very aggressive on. And so we're closing, you know, this office recovery vehicle, which uh, our first closing to be $500 million, where wow. we're going to be in actively investing in that. And what's interesting in raising that vehicle, traditional real estate investors didn't want to participate because they're so close to the challenge that mm -hmm. um, uh, office is going through right now. That they are, you know, they didn't, they didn't have the conviction around it. So it's been, you know, people that are not in real estate. It's been special situations or high net worth families who see the bigger picture because they're not so close to it. And sometimes when you're too close, it's too difficult to, you know, see with clarity what the opportunity is. Amazing! Wow. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate the time. Look forward to the next one. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it.